welcome to a special season finale edition of the Texan Overtime Podcast. My name is Michael Shapiro. I am the sports editor here at the Daily Texan. Joining me as always is our senior sports reporter and football beat writer Alex Brasenio, alongside our associate sports editor and football beat writer Trenton Dashner. Longhorns ending their season with a 27-23 loss to Texas Tech at DKR on Friday night. They'll end the season before the bowl game at 6-6. Six and six. Five and four in the Big 12, fellas. We have a lot to get to uh, today. I'm sure you all had a nice Thanksgiving, except for the hours you spent in the DKR press box seeing that uh, real monstrosity of a game. Uh, Trenton, I'll start with you. What's the number one takeaway uh, from the Longhorns' loss on Friday evening? So much for progress and so much for finishing out this season, eight and five. And eight and five was a realistic, tangible goal after that West Virginia victory. They had a real path to get to that. And eight and five going into next year, it it was a big momentum boost Mm -hmm. for this program. But man, you cannot (laughs) pull a loss like that against Texas Tech, five and six, middling opponent, desperate team fighting for their coach's job and they go out there on Friday night the offense falls completely flat in the second half they have a chance to ice the game in the fourth quarter multiple times really but especially um, um, late in the game with two minutes to play and then they have a just a ghastly catastrophic error um, that blows the game and they're walking off the field six and six and it's like well same old same old with Texas right back I mean pretty much so uh you know, Tom Herman said after the game that this was not a big setback for the program, but I think it was a setback because where is the real progress? If you cannot preach progress when you lose to a five and six team on your senior night, it really is such a flipping in the fortunes from what we sat here on Tuesday the twenty first. I think it was coming off the West Virginia win. Texas was six and five. Everyone said, "Oh, things are looking up. The future of the program is as bright as it's been." Turns out, I, I guess we're all just fools. I mean, Alex, <laughs> it just seems like. Every single year, anytime Texas makes the slightest turn of the corner, it's one step forward, two steps back for this team. I mean, what do you think the outlook is ending the year at 6-6? Six and six? It's clearly not where Herman wanted to be, bookending a season with two really truly losses to start the year and end the year. I think part of this is on Texas fans being their usual gullible selves. All right, So <laughs> their last two wins, let's look at that. You know, a 42-27 horrible, ugly win against Kansas. And then you got a 28-14 win over a West Virginia team that they wouldn't have gotten if Will Greer doesn't go down. That they We'd be looking at a 5-7 and seven Texas team if that didn't happen. So you get two ugly wins, one win that shouldn't have happened, and all of, a, all of a sudden, all, I mean, Gerard, like I said last week, Gerard Hurd could have well, won that game. Gerard Hurd could have won that game for Texas. I don't know about that. Gerard Hurd could have gone in at quarterback run the ball 50 times and beaten West Virginia. And so my thing is, the media too, but Texas fans especially, you know, getting your hopes up saying 8-5 and five when, I mean, in reality, look at those last two wins, really not that special, but just the numbers. I you know, It's that. just getting your hopes up of saying, oh, wow, it's not 5-7 and seven anymore. Let's go for 8-5 and five when, I mean, those two wins aren't that good. It's- and so you also have to look at the other wins. I mean, they are lucky they got Iowa State at the time they caught them. So... Listen, you get the wins you get on your schedule. I, I think it's kind of unfair to discredit all the wins. but there I think were Texas o- fans got their hopes up after two mediocre wins. That's fair. I mean, that's not unfair at all. But if you know Texas runs the ball on third and two and they come away with a win, our, look at, our outlook would be so rosy yeah. for next year, right? And, you know, it's yeah. really catastrophic in the way Texas lost that game. I mean, we have to go down into it. 
the whole game came down to the play of the quarterback. I mean, Sam Ellinger really had his worst showing of the season. Trenton, you know, two picks in the last three minutes, one on third and two where anything but an interception ends the game. I mean, why do you think he's taken such a step back as the season has kind of crawled to a finish here? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's difficult to say he's taken a step back because we do forget so easily against West Virginia that his in his first three drives he'd lead him on two touchdown drives mm-hmm. in that game. Um, he did have the bad bad um, pick that he threw against West Virginia and pick six that let him back in the game. Um, obviously two bad errors against Texas Tech. I think part of it is that he's being asked to do a lot within an offense that doesn't have a ton of help right. around him. Um, it's exposing him at this point. But that does not negate the fact or excuse me, excuse the fact that Sam has made some bad errors this year mm-hmm. and I, and although I have said on this podcast multiple times that I think Sam's is the guy and I still do believe that he's the guy of the future. His freshman season ultimately is going to be defined by the poor errors that he's made in the USC game, um, the Oklahoma State game, almost in the West Virginia game, and then the Texas Tech game. That's what's going to define Sam's season, and he's got to improve on that next year. So, Alex, you seem to kind of scoff at that remark. You know, let's discuss this further. I mean, Ellinger, do you think he clearly has that number one QB position heading into the spring? You you don't? You think he's lost it completely? I I don't think think he's lost it. I, I just don't. I have never been convinced that he's earned it 100% outright. And I, I think to say that he's the quarterback of the future would be kind of silly on all, all of our parts. Just I, I don't think with the quarterbacks coming in and, you know, I don't think. It'd also be silly to say a guy who's never played it down in college football is a quarterback of the future. So are you telling me that it would not be silly to say this I mean, Sam Ellinger who, well, I mean, who's is the, the quarterback who's, of the who's future? Who's to say that Cameron Rising coming in is the, is the quarterback you know, of the future? Yeah, let's say that the We've quarterback him play. lost the game to USC, lost the game to Oklahoma State, and lost the game to Texas Tech. Let's say he's the quarterback of the future. I don't think we should say well, that. Well, it's also, yeah, it's also different to say we don't know who it is or it's going to be Sam Ellinger. I would push back, though, against what you said, Alex, because, frankly, you look at the top quarterbacks in these conferences, they're upperclassmen, they're junior, they're seniors. I mean, Ellinger truly made some boneheaded throws this year. And, you know, he also made four, some remarkable plays. Yeah, he had about four instances against Oklahoma State, against West Virginia, and twice against Texas Tech where you thought, I mean, what what are you doing? I yeah. mean, the, the high school quarterback, the middle school quarterback won't do that. But and on the other hand, he'll look like baby Tim Tebow at I some agree, point. I agree. He'll run over guys, he can make some throws outside the pocket. I think that while the praise of him kind of jumped a little overboard early in the year, I think the criticism this week has also crossed that line. I think overall, you take away one or even two of the bonehead mistakes that he made, I think we're a lot more excited about Sam Ellinger going to Texture than one we are right thing, now. One thing, another issue is that he shouldn't have even been put in that position to throw the ball in third and two. No. That should be Should have ran the ball. Should have totally ran the ball. That last pick, well, I mean, that's just an interception. You have to throw the ball. But that first one, I mean, that was just... I don't know who. I mean, Tim Beck. What are you doing? Third and two. At that point, now, okay, I'm on Sam's side on that side, and I, I do. I've come to the point where I will say, and I will agree with Trent, what he's been saying all season long, that Sam is the guy for this year. But I, I, I mean, it, it would be silly for me to agree that he is the guy of the future. I, well, and look, Sam's only got seven college starts under his belt too, so he hasn't even played a full season of college football. Awesome he's still, he's a true freshman. He's gonna make mistakes. Obviously, his mistakes have been very disastrous. Oof. 
I I think I'm still holding out that he'll be the guy down the road, but he's definitely he doesn't have this starting quarterback job wrapped up right now, nor does he have it in the offseason. He's gonna have to prove himself all over again in the offseason. I agree. You think it's an open competition? Yeah, absolutely. So. It's no, no, it's absolutely. I think he'll eventually. I think he'll be the guy next year. I think he'll, he'll start in I think College Park. I, I, probably, <sighs> probably right. Yeah, makes sense. So it's probably Ellinger. Cameron Rising, number seven pro style recruit from California. Casey Thompson, dual threat QB, his dad played Oklahoma. And Shane Bouchelle. <laughs> Alex, you seem to think that you're not confident he'll be in Austin. He'll be on the 40 I mean, acres next year. If I was in his shoes, I would not wear Brent Orange next year. I, I would leave. Oof. I would do, I'd pull a Chris Warren and I'd take my talents <laughs> elsewhere. You know, I don't totally disagree with that. I, I mean, Shane. With the two quarterbacks that they have coming in, plus with what Sam Ellinger showed you in Sparks this year, I I mean I don't I wouldn't blame him for leaving. And this is all speculation too. Um, but yeah, there's no signs that he would. But it, I'm saying it, if I were in his shoes, I mean I'd I'd start packing my bags right now. It's interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, are, but will schools be clamoring? I guess there's I don't know. schools that want him to yeah, start I mean, there's, somewhere. There's schools out there that need a quarterback, but I haven't heard any grumblings. I don't know if no, 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 no. it's all speculation. No, I've yeah, been yeah. saying this for a while. The same right. with Chris Warren, which did end up happening. So but we'll see. You were on the nose with that one, uh, which was strange because Herman last week told me, personally, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he you. said, "Hey, you know who's He's loving happy. life right now? Chris Warren. He's <laughs> he happy. Is so happy. He said, i 'I'm going to help the team. I love to be the H back. Two weeks later." Chris Warren said we all assumed and said, but you know, I'm going to yeah, go somewhere else I, where I get the ball. I, yeah, I'm not happy. I don't. Why would here. you be happy as a as an H back? That sounds I, miserable. I didn't really I buy that for one minute. I mean, drive for, <laughs> he got one touch in that Texas Tech game, and it wasn't even a run. I'll tell you what, it was a reception. H back is not a job for a man who ran for 300 yards no. in a game. That, that's yeah. another reason why I'm not, you know, ready to so promise sh- anything for next year. We thought Chris Warren was the dude coming into so this strange. year. So strange. So strange. I still feel like Chris Warren left a lot of potential out there at Texas, and obviously he's leaving now. And you know, I hope he does. Well. Who, who I think it was does. an unfortunate end to his. It was an unfortunate career. end. I think there was we we didn't see the best of Chris Warren. I don't think he had a great game against Texas Tech as his freshman year, where he set the program. Bring, I, bet uh, you f- I bet you we will see where, the best where, of him wherever he goes. Maybe, the coaches maybe. there are going to know how to use him. Good Longhorn back, you know played well for texas you gotta wish the kid the best obviously you know it seems like as the year went on though his his days were kind of waning on the four acres um let's move on to you know we mentioned the uncertainty with shane bouchelle's future in austin uh (laughs) the rest of the team also has some uncertainty too so here is a list of who is also leaving and who is still a question mark okay connor williams going to the draft we'll talk about that Trell cooney is transferring so him williams warren and cooney are for sure gone graduating yeah or graduating, yeah. right? These are the also question marks of whether or not they'll return. Malik Jefferson, Michael Dixon, Jake McMillan, Chris Boyd, Deshaun Elliott, and Holton Hill. And I don't know about you guys, but that—that's a pretty impactful list of players, right? I mean, those six guys all made an impact for the Longhorns. If numerous of those guys are leaving, you got to be a little worried, right? Oh man, and and some of these are—I mean, these are just rumors. There's a rumor before Malik Jefferson confirmed this, but there was rumors that some of these guys might not even be playing in the bowl game. Did you know, you? so if you're a Texas fan, you, you can't be feeling too good about these guys. I mean, Malik Jefferson, when he was walking out of the stadium after the Texas Tech loss, he, he kissed the Longhorn logo in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I don't—I I have not seen him do that. I don't think that's a a game routine. So I, I think I think he knows let's, what he's doing. Let's start by talking about Jefferson Trent. I mean, at this point. 
do you think he's suited up for the burn orange for the last time, or do you yeah. think he's sticking around? Yeah, no, think so? I think I think Malik's done, and I think a lot of the guys that you mentioned on that list could be on their way out. Um, Deshaun Elliott might be might be done. I think Colton Hill probably, um, I think might be on his way out. Texas is going to have a lot of holes to fill on this roster going into next year. They're going to take hits, obviously, on the offensive line, big depth hits. Um, they're losing. They're probably going to lose some key players on the defensive side, um, and the defense is what held them up, held them afloat for most of the season. So. Herman's going to have big shoes to fill. He's going to he's got he's got the number two recruiting class right now um, coming in. We'll see if that holds. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this Texas roster next year it it does not it's not setting up on the outside looking in like it's going to be uh, ideal. I agree. <laughs> yeah. For a coach I, going into his second year that needs to bounce back from six and six. I, I said it earlier today. You know, I'd be pretty surprised if Jefferson stuck around you know he's probable first round grade unless he thinks that one more healthy year can really improve his stock i mean go get your money son uh i think deshaun elliott's gonna go mm-hmm. yeah uh, i agree he he, he had a heck of a year i mean played aside from a few dropped ints against texas tech on and, friday and night falling yeah and he you know it's kind of a strange game but he did make some amazing plays in that tech game too i think he saved yeah. a lot of big passes yeah. from the red raiders I think he's gone too. He was incredibly impressive this year for the Burn Orange. Uh, Alex, I wanted to ask you about the guy who I think is the most interesting here, Michael Dixon. Oh, man. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't really personally understand the precedent for punters declaring early. Yeah. Because we don't really think about the punters in the NFL draft. But on the other hand, I mean, this guy, if he goes to the NFL, he'll be an asset on an NFL he could roster punt, next year. He could punt, like I said, he could punt this He'll be Sunday. a top half of punters in the league. Yeah. I, I talked to him after the game. Uh, Friday, and he said what a lot of players said is, you know, I haven't thought about it. And I, the thing no is, way. though, <laughs> I might actually believe Michael Dixon. Yeah, right. I don't Monica, know if he's believe. thought about it. You That's know, funny. I, I don't know what's his major. He he's some like he's has an actual major. He's an actual student. No shots here. Just. I, that's unfair. I feel like pretty much a lot of these guys are having a lot he has more a, strenuous classes than I am. He personally. has a harder major than the majority of the team. I'll say that. I know Connor Williams is a business student. Let but me check. Regardless. Um, well, yeah. I don't know what the precedence is either for specialists leaving. I've never heard of... Um, I know kickers will. My point uh, being kickers is... Kickers occasionally... I mean, who's the last guy that left early? Uh, Aguayo. Remember, they took was him it, in the second round. Oh, was Aguayo... Was he... I, think I thought he, he was a senior. Early. He might have been. But I don't know. Again, but like, shows what, how much we know. For a punter, though, like I think Dixon will return, actually. I, I, did, I you think you know, so? I think, I think he'll return. I think he'll probably want to get his... He's de- a finance major. Yeah. I mean, there you go. He'll probably want to get his degree. Yeah, that's my point. You know... Do it in the summers. Punters... Oh, Punters, there's no risk of injury with punting, so that, that's the thing. That like, was my thought because, the, the, like, you're not you're not taking shots. You're playing seven plays a game, like Herman said. Is another he, year just kind of yeah, refining just, your technique? I go out there, season. punt the ball some more. <laughs> I think it comes down to if you when he wants his degree. You know, does he want to you know stay his fourth year, get his degree, then yeah. and then go? And it's just going to come down to. I that. guess with punters, it's it's one of the things where like if you want to stick around, then yeah. you might as well. He is, he's not going to get hurt. You know, I don't. I'm not I'll tell you as well. What's going to be funny though is if he announces it early and he and he decides to skip the bowl game because then Texas is really screwed. I don't think he. Would, <laughs> that would okay. That that would be funny. That'd be a long shot, but that'd be funny. That'd be rough. I um, mean, talk about flipping the field. Yeah. Who's going to punt? I bet if Dixon <laughs> if if Dixon comes back next year, uh, I bet Herman will start calling him by his name. Yeah, he'll realize how valuable. Maybe that'll be yeah. a little uh, little deal they can make. Ooh, well, he might have to make him a DB or something if they <laughs> if he suits the DB I think Texas might be in trouble um <laughs> uh, let's let's move on from our, our draft talk and kind of look forward uh to next year 
do you project, you know, it's early, but with all this uncertainty, do, I think last week, past few weeks, we were thinking, oh, this team's going to be a lot better next year. Uh, we didn't realize kind of the attrition that the long course may face. I mean, can we really expect this team to be significantly better next year? They're losing a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, I think it really all kind of hit everyone yesterday when it's like Chris Warren's transferring, Connor Williams expected, you know, declaring for the draft. Those were kind of expected like Connor Williams was obviously an expected decision and I think a lot of people saw the Chris Warren thing coming but the fact that it actually happened I think it was really eye-opening because then you see all these other names yep. that could potentially leave and it's like holy crap this roster next year is going to look different and it's a pivotal season next year Tom has got to win more than six games next year or else and I wrote this in my column today that you know, if you hadn't won more than six games next year, then the sea starts to get a little hot, right. you know. And when the sea starts to get a little hot at Texas, the end result's usually not great. It's not fun. It's no. not a fun year when you No. So, I mean, Charlie. next year's going to be a really pivotal year. He's got to show more improvement than this year. They've got to win some more key games. And but the roster what? is such a question mark. I they think have USC at home next week. Next they do. Year. That's going to be a big measure. That USC. is. They have a tough matchup early in the year. Texas they have will... USC early in the year, TCU yeah. early in the year. Texas OU might be 2 0. That season, that I mean, if they don't show significant improvement, you know they've uh, got to win games that they're not supposed to. That's the thing. I that think, seat is warming up if yeah. they're not turning it around by yeah. that point. If they're like I don't know three and three, that's not good. By the midway point, it's eesh. all right. Well, you know, <laughs> slow down, slow down, fellas. You guys I, are getting you worried know, real quick here. Yeah. Gone. Um, <laughs> I'll say this though: another year, if it's Ellinger, like I personally assume, you know, another year of quarterbacking under your belt. You got two backs who will be sophomores, big it's true, yeah, receiving core. Another year, of the line. I, I, I don't imagine Texas' offense will be as anemic next year as it was this year. Holes in that line, though, a little bit. True, true, and that might be a bit of an issue. Yeah, but hey, we're you're the University of Texas. Bowl, you we're should be having some bowl pretty big linemen. Yeah. Can Derek Kerstetter gain twenty pounds? We're gonna see we'll have Kerstetter watch. Herman's been be clamoring fun. for it. Um, uh, it's it's just so hard to predict, you know, from season to season with any college football yeah. team. What? Um, but I mean. Like you said, if they don't, if they don't show significant improvement, it's going to get warm. They got to win some ones. It's not going to be hot, but they're going to start it's, heating it up a little. It's going to be a little toasty. You know, like with s'mores. Yeah, it's not. You know, some people like their s'mores like with the the marshmallows just completely burned. It's not going to be like that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be you know just like a light brown. That's what Charlie Strong's seat looked like after the end of last season. But no, yeah, yeah right, it exactly. was charred. Like Chris. <laughs> Charlie, like, there was no seat. That's yeah. So, <laughs> I think to- it, would nice like, it would just be light brown, you know, a little toasted. That's fair. Uh, um, you know, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I kind of got the feeling in the post-game press conference on Friday that uh, uh, Herman was kind of – he kind of thought the year didn't turn out how he really wanted. Huh. And it, it was the same kind of feeling as he had after opening day where he came into the year with a lot of, a lot of bombast, a lot of bravado, thinking that it was going to be a little easier to turn this – turn this train around you know everyone was predicting eight wins plus i mean looking back we just got fooled again fellas it seems like i mean at the end of the day it seems like everyone just got fooled again we got we need to listen to that the who song we don't get fooled again again. charlie strong's having a nice time in south florida i mean why is it that every year you're right expectations are increased yeah and then at the end of the year we look back and say well this happened this happened this happened the team wasn't any good Uh, next year remind me that the opening day roster won't be the end of the year roster, and that yeah. when you play a bunch of underclassmen, things are a little more difficult. 
well, you had a new coach, you know, and, and especially with Herman, he was kind of this golden child wonder boy. And he was the hot name that, you know, LSU wanted and that Texas wanted. And, you know, he was he had all the success at Houston and he was an offensive genius. You know, he had all this kind of uh, this, this success kind of that was around him, yeah, right. surrounded him as he came to Texas here. And I think a lot of people bought into that. He was Herman was definitely he, he came across. He was preaching that he had a plan that that, that things were going to change. He, he Alignment. Was, he was really sending the, to excellence. Yeah, he was really sending the whole message. And I think a lot of people, you know, like they usually do when new coaches come in, bought into that. And you know, as usual, Texas fans got fooled. You know what I think? I think Tom Herman. He hinted toward this a little bit a few weeks ago, but I think he was genuinely surprised with the difficulty of this job. Yeah, I think I he thought that success would come a lot easier is not the right word, but I mean, it wouldn't be this hard. You know, yeah. I, he wasn't expecting six and six. No, no, there's no way he thought. And my thing is, I've been thinking six. about this this week and the past couple of weeks. Um, I was all for keeping Charlie Strong one more year until they lost to Kansas. So if they don't lose to Kansas, yeah. I think Charlie's back. And now, here's what I'm saying. Fun, fun alternate timeline. Tom Herman is at LSU, probably. <laughs> Charlie Strong's about to get fired if they go five and seven, six and six again. And now we're looking at who are they going to get? Chip Kelly, maybe? Les Miles? I love that would be so cool. I mean, all of these alternate realities only wow. trace back to <laughs> Nick Saban from, yeah. from when that guy. I mean, everything kind of tree branches from from that whole uh, fiasco. Fun little stat here. Uh, you know, I don't think it's truly emblematic of anything. It's just kind of funny that uh, in Tom Herman's past 19 games, he is 10 and 9. Mm. As a head coach, which you don't really realize, you know, Houston kind of struggled down the stretch last year. Um, you know, things get hard in the Big 12. Things get hard in Austin. I think, yeah, Time, things will need just, to be better next year. Times are still tough. It's early, obviously, in the tenure. Uh, I don't think it went as he wanted it to. I don't think it was ultimately that catastrophic. Yeah. And but people are already, it. people are already saying there's – there's, There's grumbling. People are already saying, you know, hey, was Tom Herman the right hire? There's nobody, a lot of you know crazy? speculation about that. Nobody would say that. anything if they didn't throw the ball on third and two. I'm unbelievable, That's by the way. I mean, <laughs> if you run the ball, you get the first down. Or, hey, you don't even get the first down. You, you know, put Michael Dixon, you punt it. The only way you lose the game is if you throw an interception. That's literally the yeah. only thing that Texas is going to do. And and it, you have the best which is punter. why it was an epic collapse, by the way. Which is why it's trying to but, leave you know, an epic collapse. Yeah, yeah. Mike Finger had an interesting tweet, as he usually does yesterday, uh, saying that, you know, in two plays this year, all they had to do was give Chris Warren the ball at the goal yeah, line in USC, and then the third and third and two against Texas Tech, and then Texas is eight and four, arguably. So that's an interesting way of looking at it. Two plays right there. I mean, you look at the losses that Texas had. USC, they fumbled on the two. To be mm-hmm. fair, okay, uh, let's let's okay. And the, going back to this game, they ran that same play. Literally, the play before that. The yeah. play before the fumble, they ran the exact same play. Got yeah. I think like ten yards. Yeah, six. So, I think yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't. I mean, it was. It was dumbfounding. I mean, it just You seemed... can't blame him calling that again. But no, Texas Tech, I, I can I have no excuse for that. Just run just run the ball, man. I feel like college coaches, I yell every time. Just run the ball. You got a freshman quarterback, he's been bad all night. You know you roll him right, he throws back across his body. I mean, it was just a disaster. To quote former sports editor Ezra, he I am convinced that college coaches or football coaches aren't that smart. <laughs> Most of them aren't, I don't think. I mean that's a little unfair, but <laughs> that's it, extremely but unfair. From, but, from, but hey, but from our perspective, they can be a bit uh, infuriating. We oh. should have run a poll at DKR out of the hundred thousand people there. Run the ball or pass the ball in third and two. 
sometimes like minor league teams will do that to like draw like fan attendance like you can vote run or pass maybe it would be better than the offense that uh texas ran oftentimes uh his his seat will be a little hot next year tim beck but i feel like offensive coordinators fairly or unfairly always get a lot of criticism and it shields the head coach from some of them but i feel like tim beck had some rough games this year i'll say that um but hey another offseason they'll learn uh Bowl game, Trent. Where uh, it seems like you're going to either go to Phoenix or Houston. I think those are probably the two. Texas really ruined your chance at going to Disney World. By the way, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> they won. You were go- you would have been Camping World bound. Well, so I saw the Sports Illustrated projection, and it has them against Utah in the Texas Bowl. I, have y'all seen any other projections? Yeah, no, I've seen a lot of Texas Bowl with Utah. Yeah, it's probably Texas Bowl. Yeah, it's um, Texas Bowl. You know, I- fun. Yeah, you excited? Ooh. Go to Houston. Been, excited, is Texas going to have 22 scholarship players to be able to yeah, suit? Are they going to field a full uh, squad? I uh, th- uh, just quickly on the bowl game. I think the bowl game's kind of must win, even if they don't. Even if they even. I disagree. <laughs> even if they have all these guys missing, it's like Connor Williams is gone. I agree. All the, all the, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of guys might be gone. But guys, man, there's no way they lose. It's four straight losing seasons. I don't think that matters at this point. But we get into that this, We get into this argument. And we do I, get we into this argument every, every week. Other these like symbolic. Okay, does a Texas team with no players getting beat by twelve against Utah make any difference over them winning by four because the Utah kid can't throw? I mean, does it really well, matter? We'll, we'll see. Oh, we went seven and six. Congrats. We'll see who all the we'll see who all the players they have. But as far as just confidence think, and momentum going into the off season, I think a bowl win helps a lot more than a bowl loss. I think loss. depending on who come like who. You, Maybe it'll actually be the goes. opposite. Maybe a bowl loss, they can kind of light a fire. Can Maybe they can fire. throw a parade for a bowl win because, I mean, the last bowl win was 2012. I don't think it. That'd be celebratory. You know, a must win is kind of hard for me to come around on. It's It will be an important game, but I think it all depends on who leaves. They could be playing with the practice squad by the bowl, so who That's knows? That's what I'm saying. You know, It depends <laughs> who they're playing with. The bowl games, I think... Are pretty pointless. I think anyone who will, who you know, there will be people who are going to criticize Williams and maybe Jefferson and Elliott, saying, "Oh, you're not going to play in the book." You know, it's a it's a pointless exhibition that everyone will profit on, except for the players. Like, I applaud them for not playing. They get the swag it. bags. <laughs> Good. They should get that and and money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I'll never criticize a player for not playing in a. No, 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 no. You know what? No, I I totally understand sitting yeah, out the bowl the game. Record, no, yeah. If Texas plays Utah, I might go Utah. We could do a little emergency. Yeah, you thought you got rid of us. But you the Bulls will come out next weekend, right? They almost next beat Sunday? Washington. Well, this this might not be the last time you hear from us, folks. This won't yeah. be. We're gonna do another one. All right. So this is the penultimate episode, then. I believe so. Yeah, that's fun. What's oh. our CFP? All right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So here's the schedule for uh, conference title games. Uh, OU and TCU will play at Jerry World at 11:30 a.m. Georgia and Auburn will play. Is that game's at Mercedes-Benz? Yeah. I think yeah. game's in Atlanta. That's a 3 p.m. start. Uh, Clemson and Miami will kick off the ACC title game. I have no idea where that's played uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, and OSU and Wisconsin, I don't. I think the game's in Indy probably. Yeah. Uh, that'll yeah. be at 8 p.m. So I think the ACC champ and the SEC champ are guaranteed. Yes. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma is the next team where they're winning it in. Right. Do you guys think that TCU will give them any real trouble? No. 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 I, you don't think Kenny Hill <laughs> can handle them. No. Yeah. yeah. They've they've been rolling. I think Baker yeah. is going to finish Mayfield's his Heisman campaign can, in style. Yeah. He can smell the the college football playoff. I don't think there's any way Oklahoma lets this go. So to be honest, it comes kind of simple then, because if OU wins, then it's either 
Wisconsin, who is winning their end, yep. or Alabama, who will get in with a Wisconsin victory. Because you can't take a two-loss Ohio State over you a one-loss Alabama. That's just You dumb. know what? If Ohio State didn't get obliterated by Iowa, Awful loss. they might have a Urban's got to be kicking himself But, right he, I mean, the two losses still would still hurt them. But, yeah, I think they're out. They could beat Wisconsin yeah. by 100. Al- Alabama needs an uh, o- OU or Ohio State loss. Right. And Wisconsin loss. Uh, right. I mean, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, so, Wisconsin loss. And, and I'll say this. We all got to be Ohio State fans on Saturday night. We can't have Wisconsin in the playoff. I mean, that's that would be. Why a, would we do that to ourselves? Yeah. We could have oh, Alabama. Wisconsin. If we had, if, if was, I know, like they're undefeated, but if Wisconsin <laughs> is in the playoff over Alabama, I'm gonna that's be really good. annoyed. That is not. I mean, good. a lot of people wanted Clemson out of the playoff last year, and they ended up winning the whole thing. Also true. Also true. I've got Clemson going in as a number one after this weekend. What's crazy is that Alabama it's can be fall Clemson from. Oklahoma, what's, what's crazy is that Alabama was number one last week, and they might get left out of the playoff. Because of the way the conference title I've game got, shake I've out. got Clemson beating Miami. I think that would be enough to put them at the one seed. I've got Oklahoma beating TCU. Right. That'll put them at two. Who do you got in the Georgia-Auburn I've got, game? It's the best okay, game of the weekend I for sure. That's pick, I, I had Auburn. I was flip. riding the bandwagon. But then they. I mean, their running backs are all yeah. gone. So I'm going to go Georgia, neutral field. It'll be better. Um, so well, almost would, a home game for Georgia. Yeah, that would take out. A lot out, of Auburn fans, though. It's that would take true. out Auburn and Miami. Um, Quarter states. I have Ohio State beating Wisconsin. And so my fourth team would be Alabama. So my number, my first two out would be Ohio State and Auburn, which I'd like. You know what's funny? I thought last week the two best teams in the country played uh, in Alabama and Auburn, and now I think the third team is going to play. I think the best three teams in the country are the three SEC teams. I agree. I don't know. SEC. Clemson's good. Clemson's good. It just seems like that's so that's good. a valid it's, it's valid really, argument. It's really unfortunate for Auburn because they beat Georgia and beat Alabama. I bet if you ask Gus Malzahn, he said, "Let's just sit at home and just put us in the playoff." Yeah. Now, now he has the win against Georgia that's and the Georgia the, Dome. That's it's the so big unfair. mystery that is big quandary that is conference title games because yeah. OU could already possibly be in the playoff at the Big Twelve not scheduled the title I, it'd game. Be One so true funny. champion. Baby. It would be so yeah. funny if TCU won that. That'd be the biggest yeah, Big Twelve thing exactly. I've ever seen, like I said. Oh, like, we be, oh we thought we needed the playoff and OU's going to get screwed by it. Now they're oh man, that'd be funny. <laughs> I think Oklahoma's going to win pretty handedly though. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. Um. Wait. So. You're looking at four southern teams. Wow. The only team from the north yeah, that Clemson, could make Oklahoma, it would be Georgia and Alabama. If you I mean if they go by yeah, my I guess Ohio State is the only Yeah, it makes sense. Penn State kind of soiled their chance. The Pac-12. The Pac-12 the Pac- doesn't matter. That, that's crazy. That game's on Friday night at 8 p.m. I mean, no one who cares. <laughs> Nobody's going to be you, there. I hope USC wins so they can play the Rose Bowl game. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's always fun to have them better than uh Washington or Stanford. Stanford would be good. Bowl season kind of I don't know. It's kind of pointless. I like the New Year's Six. I lose a lot of Those money on bowl season. Every- I always do like the bowl pick them, but I have no idea. We should start an office pool. I'll still do an office pool. That'll be fun. Do a little office pool for Steve's the bowls. Win. Oh, boy. S- yeah. Steve and those rankings projections will win every week. Oh, boy. Um, all right. Do, do we have anything else? I feel like this, this is a pretty good season culmination. I think we hit everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah? All right, fellas. All right, all right. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening to the Texan Overtime Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Mr. Zeke Fritz. Thank you to Trent. Thank you to Alex. Uh, you can pick up a copy of the Daily Texan every day in campus or in the Austin area. You can also follow us on Twitter at Texan Sports, and this podcast can be found either on SoundCloud or in the podcast app. All right, Longhorns end the season at six and six. We'll uh, we'll know the bowl game soon, so we'll probably have another uh, little quick bowl prediction podcast here. This isn't the last you'll hear from us this semester, uh, and I hope everyone has a nice uh, rest of their week. Thanks, fellas. This podcast was produced by the Daily Texan and hosted by Michael Shapiro, Trent Dachner, and Alex Bersenio. 
Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode, and you can always find more news at dailytexanonline.com.